wrestling fans of a certain age, the mere mention of Hulk Hogan's name is likely to conjure up a Polaroid slideshow's worth of fond childhood memories. His role in establishing pro wrestling as a pop culture mainstay from the 80s onwards can never be understated, playing pivotal parts in both the WWE's and WCW's biggest boom periods. He also became a huge crossover success by starring in numerous Hollywood films, bagging various endorsements, and even having his own kids' cartoon series on TV. He was so popular that a 1994 steroid scandal and accusations of backstage politicking at his workplaces weren't enough to derail the money train that was Hulkamania. In a career spanning 35 years, Hulk Hogan had done it all to the point that he is undoubtedly the most famous wrestler to have ever lived. And for the longest time, it seemed like his popularity would never waver, as his name was almost synonymous with misty-eyed nostalgia. How can anyone hate the guy who hyped us Hulkamaniacs into eating our vitamins and saying our prayers when we were kids? That was until he took on the online media powerhouse Gawker in an infamous four-year legal battle. And while Hogan did end up winning in court, the whole fiasco kick-started a downward spiral from which he will likely never recover from. Welcome to Cancelled. I'm your host, Cam, and this is the show where we look back at some of the most highly publicized attempts to cancel not only people, but also corporations and even countries. You may think the subjects of our very rigorous and academic study deserve public disdain. You may think it's all a gross injustice, but it doesn't matter, because all of them were judged in the court of public opinion and ultimately canceled. Okay, today's topic has had many tweets, think pieces, and much mainstream media coverage devoted to it. And while the subject matter was initially reported as yet another example of salacious tabloid fodder, it eventually took a more disturbing turn, exposing our protagonist while also raising valid concerns about future press freedoms and the First Amendment. But how did the beloved Hulk Hogan go from being an immortal icon to a figure of scorn and derision? Let's begin by wheeling it back to 2005. His reality show, Hogan Knows Best, VH1's attempt at rehashing MTV's The Osbournes, scored good ratings, and gave us an insight into the Hulkster's family life as he shared screen time with his then-wife Linda and their two children, Brooke and Nick. He was also being billed as a special in-ring attraction for the WWE, working as a goodwill ambassador for them, and even main-eventing several pay-per-views. Thanks to his appearances in the WWE and his reality show, Hogan remained very active in the public eye as a hybrid of cheerful nostalgia and restored relevance. Behind closed doors, though, Hogan's actions betrayed the all-American image he had cultivated for himself for decades. A year after Hogan Knows Best first aired on television, Hogan was videotaped having sex with Heather Clem by Bubba the Love Sponge, her then-husband and a Florida radio DJ best known for being best friends with the hoaxer. Hogan's marriage was falling apart by then, bracing himself for a divorce from Linda as their problems were also broadcast on reality TV. And encouraged by Bubba, who embraced an alternative lifestyle, according to Hogan, he, quote, finally gave in to the relentless come-ons from Heather. The deed was done, all three parties were satisfied, and that was that. Or so Hogan had thought. In March 2012, six years later, TMZ and other outlets began reporting on a possible Hulk Hogan sex tape during the rounds. 
We were well into the digital age by then, and thanks to the internet, there wasn't as much fanfare over sex tapes as when the likes of Tommy and Pam, Kim and Ray J, and One Night in Paris were released. The news was treated with indifference, and that sentiment remained as such several months later when, on October 4th, Gawker released a grainy montage of Hogan and Heather's sexcapades, which lasted just under two minutes. On the very same day, the now-infamous leak was also accompanied by a 1,400-word post written by A.J. Delario, Gawker's editor at the time, recounting the sordid details of the full 30-minute tape. At the time, it was hardly shocking that Gawker would be the first to publish such risque content. The media network, which also launched popular blogs such as Lifehacker, Gizmodo, and Jezebel, among others, gained notoriety for their frivolous demeanor and the caustic tone of their articles. They attacked billionaires and A-listers, often publishing mean-spirited takedowns while marketing themselves as one of the few outlets proudly unafraid of thumbing their nose at the establishment. They also developed a reputation for giving their journalists freedom to target and expose the likes of Bill O'Reilly, Bill Cosby, and Rob Ford. They were beholden to nobody and won many admirers while also making a lot of enemies. One of those enemies would turn out to be Hogan himself, who swiftly threatened legal action against Gawker on the following day. A cease and desist order was issued, but Gawker's founder, Nick Denton, refused, citing the First Amendment and arguing that the story had news value. Well, in response, Hogan, who proceeded to go by his real name of Terry Balea for the upcoming trial, lawyered up and on October 15th, filed a lawsuit against the media network for $100 million, alleging defamation and invasion of privacy. Balea went after the Clems in a separate lawsuit, but he and Bubba later reached a settlement for just $5,000 on October 29th, with Bubba reneging on his initial claim that Balea, quote, knew that he was being filmed, and pleading the fifth when Gawker requested that he be a witness to their own trial. Despite being heard on the tape saying that if he wished to retire, he, quote, simply needed to release the video, Bubba was able to wriggle free and walk away from the case largely unscathed. On the other hand, the war between Terry Balea versus Gawker Media was only just beginning. At one point during the two-week trial, which took place nearly four years later in March 2016, the court hearings took an outlandish turn when the defense asked Balea about his alleged penis size. In a weird way, it was an appropriate line of questioning, given that Balea had appeared on Bubba's and Howard Stern's radio show shortly after the clips had leaked, and bragged about his sexual prowess and, quote, 10-inch python, even cracking jokes about his own performance. Gawker argued that Balea had used the sex tape as a way of puffing himself up, which seemed like a solid conclusion given his pretrial bravado. However, Balea's legal team countered by stating that the swashbuckling bombast on public platforms was Hulk Hogan giving a performance, but it was Terry Balea's privacy which was invaded. It was a brief moment of ludicrous levity in a hotly contested trial. After the U.S. District rejected Balea's initial motion on December 21, 2012, agreeing with Gawker that he was fair game under the First Amendment, the embattled ex-wrestler then shifted tactics and sued them in Florida State Court instead. It was a savvy move on Tampa-based Balea's part, as a Florida jury was more likely to sway towards the hometown star rather than the blog network from New York City. A request for an injunction was soon granted in a preliminary ruling on April 24, 2013, when Gawker was ordered to remove the video and any associated commentary, 
which they did, but still left up a post describing the 30-minute sex tape, linking readers to other sites which were hosting the video. However, their appeal against the injunction was denied the following year. On March 18, 2016, the jury ruled in favor of Balea, awarding him $115 million in compensation, including $60 million for emotional distress, as well as an additional $25 million in punitive damages three days later. The result wasn't just a crushing blow for Gawker, but for the media industry as well, as it risked press freedoms and the notion that courts can ultimately decide on what's news and what isn't. It was later revealed that Silicon Valley billionaire Peter Thiel had secretly financed Belay's legal fees. Thiel, a gay pro-Trump libertarian, had his own vendetta with Gawker as they outed his sexual orientation nine years prior. This sent a chilling message that billionaires can now seize the opportunity to rejig libel laws as they see fit. In hindsight, when re-examining Balea versus Gawker, it seemed pretty strange that someone with the profile that Balea had would go to war with a media company over a sex tape. However, it turned out that there was another reason why he was desperate for that footage to never see the light of day, and it had nothing to do with his illicit romps with Heather Clem. On July 24, 2015, Balea had his contract terminated by the WWE after the National Enquirer tipped them off about their most famous export uttering a slew of racist and homophobic diatribes in another tape. Using vile language that we can't ever repeat here, Balea unleashed a torrent of offensive attacks centered around his daughter's decision to date a black man at the time, even attempting to justify his disgusting tirades by crowing that, quote, we're all a little racist to a point. End quote. Just days later, more reports of Balea's racism emerged when a transcript of his 2008 phone call to his then-imprisoned son leaked, where at one point he said he hoped that they would not be reincarnated as black men. The WWE immediately engaged in some canceling of their own, wiping out any and all references to Balea from their website, merchandising, and even kicking him out of their Hall of Fame. Pro Wrestling's biggest name was quickly deemed as persona non grata by the company where he first made his name. Once the leaks became accessible to the public, Balea went on the defensive, attributing his bigoted remarks to a racial bias inherited from his neighborhood while growing up. He also claimed to have an honorary N-word card as the slur was liberally used by everyone throughout his upbringing, proving that Balea clearly didn't believe in the time-honored tradition of learning from one's mistakes as they got older. And while he had his backers, most notably African Americans who had worked with him in the past, the damage had already been done. Hulk Hogan was outed as racist and a homophobe, and there was no going back. However, given his close relationship with WWE head honcho Vince McMahon, it was only a matter of time before Balea was brought back into the fold. And lo and behold, in 2018, that's precisely what they did, rehiring the exiled ex-wrestler and even reinstating him back into their Hall of Fame. When he made his first appearance in the locker room after returning, his apology wasn't well received, as various black wrestlers commented on his apparent lack of sincerity, only being remorseful that he was caught and also warning talent to watch what they say as cameras were everywhere. He even chastised those who refused to accept his artificial apologies, which is downright despicable on his part. It also didn't stop him from shamelessly going after Gawker again a year later, who he had accused of leaking the revelatory clips. 
The media network, who were already facing bankruptcy thanks to this bitter legal saga, quickly denied those allegations. A few months after the infamous trial over the sex tape leak had been decided, Balea and Gawker, who dropped their appeal, reached an out-of-court settlement for $31 million on November 2, 2016. But bankruptcy was inevitable, and Gawker had shut down during the aftermath. Balea returned to the WWE as Hulk Hogan with several sporadic appearances, including a stint as the co-host of WrestleMania 37 in 2021, alongside Titus O'Neil, one of the many Black wrestlers unimpressed by his lack of contrition back in 2018. It was the first WWE event that had ticketed fans in attendance since the COVID-19 pandemic began. But as it took place in Tampa, it was inevitable that the company wanted Hulk Hogan to be a part of it. However, the crowd wasn't as receptive, loudly booing whenever possible. The company might have forgotten what he did, but those in attendance had not. And as the WWE continues to include him in their current product with the memories of his racism and homophobia still fresh in many fans' minds, his presence in front of live crowds will only continue to attract backlash and criticism from all sides. As for Gawker, while it was far from perfect as the mean girls of online journalism, they drew plaudits for holding powerful people into account. Its bankruptcy is a frightening tale which ended with free speech being dealt with a worrying blow. And thanks to a disgraced ex-wrestler and a pro-Trump billionaire, the ramifications of the ruling against them paved the way for the likes of Donald Trump himself to declare open season on the press during his farcical presidency. Saying that, though, the likes of AJ Delario and Nick Denton must have raised smiles upon knowing that Hulk Hogan was being chastised en masse by the very same people who used to adore him. And even if the WWE has chosen to bring back Hulk Hogan, we the people won't be forgetting Terry Belay's actions anytime soon. This episode of Cancelled was written by Umar Saleh. This is a Broccoli Production.